our uh, Facebook page where you're probably viewing this right now and you can watch our Facebook live stream on Facebook Live. There are a few other avenues now that you can go to. We now have a podcast available on iTunes. You can check us out on there. You can check us out on our YouTube page. Uh, We're on Instagram. The sermons are available on our website, uh, www.gsnaz.org. You can always find the sermons, content, all that kind of stuff there. Um, you can go to, um, like I said, iTunes, YouTube. There's so many different ways you can uh, you can en- engage with us. And I want to also encourage you, as you have been, to uh, keep up your um, your obligation and your your uh, your worship in giving. And many of you have, and it's been fantastic. Um, you're really uh, committed and you're really obedient in that regard. And I pray that you would continue to do that. If this ministry has has touched your life at all, whether you are a person that attends this church or whether you're viewing online, if this ministry speaks to you, I hope that you would consider supporting us financially uh, at this time. We really would appreciate that. Um, and it's not only uh, only our privilege, it's yours as well. So worship the Lord in giving this morning, I pray. And uh, join us in the word as we go to the word of God this morning. And we're going with the sermon uh, that we started last week that was called Don't Miss It. Remember, we talked about uh, Jesus when he encountered two people on the road uh, to a little town called Emmaus. And I mentioned that Emmaus wasn't even a place that modern scholars could find on a map. Uh, it was even a hard hard thing to find on a map. They're not really positive where exactly uh, Emmaus is in, in modern days. Um, but I encourage you to go, take your uh, take a word your word of God take the word of God and uh, turn to Luke uh, chapter twenty four and we'll begin reading in verse thirteen and we'll go all the way through that um, and uh, I encourage you to turn with me as it's always encouraging to open up the word of God and receive what He has for you let me let me pray for you before we do Father in Jesus name this morning. I pray, Lord, that as people are worshiping with us, Lord, and as people have made decisions to to give online or to give, Lord, bless the gift and the giver, that that work would go around the world in Jesus' name. And now, Lord, as we break open the bread of life and share it with all of of the people listening and watching online, I pray, Lord, that you would change hearts and lives, that, that you would touch people right where they need, Lord, because, God, these are unprecedented, tough times. These times that, uh, we're, we're sheltered in place. We're isolated, Lord. We're, we're quarantined. Whatever word, Lord, we want to use, whatever catchphrase of the day we want to use, uh, I pray, God, that people would, um, would know that the hope that they need lies in you. That, God, your spirit can intersect their time and space right now. That wherever they are, they can pray to the God of the universe, first of all, for salvation, to get to know you as Savior. Second of all, Lord, for hope and encouragement, Lord, that we might make it through this day to where we can worship together once again, to where we can get about our normal everyday lives um, aside from this whole pandemic. God, would you be with us? Be with those, Lord, who are on the front lines. God, who the doctors, nurses, EMTs, first responders, people that are on the front lines in the businesses that have had to stay open, that have gotten to stay open, Lord, grocery stores and food food chains and restaurants, Lord, that are trying to figure it all out. God, be with those who are struggling right now. God, be with those who who have lost their jobs or or don't really have employment right now. And And frankly, Lord, they don't know where the next meal is coming from. God, would you be closer than a brother to those people? Meet that need, I pray, God. 
And Lord, if anyone was within the sound of my voice this morning, listening online, Lord, paying attention to what you have to say to them, if anyone, Lord, needs to be closer to you, I pray, Lord, that you would move in a way that you never have in their life. And that those far from you, Lord, would feel the warmth and comfort and hope of your spirit this morning. Be with us, Lord, as we break your bread of life. Help us to hear what you'd have us to hear, Lord. And let us internalize it in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Reading through the uh, Luke, on the, Luke chapter 24, verse 13 to 24. Let's read together. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were walking and talking with each other about all of the things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all of this, it's now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they didn't find his body, they came back saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them all in all the scriptures the things concerning himself remember last week we talked about that this 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 walk on this road to Emmaus and and how they how they got to a certain point where they were kept from recognizing Jesus and and they didn't really even know who he was and they were kept from recognizing him it was supernaturally they didn't understand they didn't recognize him and, and we were saying that 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 we all were familiar with the story. We're all familiar with the walk and, and Jesus appearing to these these gentlemen or these this probably this man and this wife on the road to Emmaus. And we asked if there were some things that kept you recog- from recognizing God present in your life. Uh, we asked you if you had some things that were keeping you from recognizing Jesus' presence in your life. But we pick up this week and they're walking along and, 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 and all of a sudden here comes Jesus, right? It's, it's kind of strange because Jesus just, just shows up in the middle of them, you know? Cleopas and Mrs. Cleopas. And, and it's kind of a weird word and kind of a strange thing to be saying all, this, all the time. Cleopas, Cleopas. As I always say, if you're looking for baby names, you know, search the scriptures. Cleopas, little Cleopas running around. Um, but I, I thought I could modernize it a little bit and maybe instead of calling him Cleopas, call him Sea Dog. 
So Sea Dog and his wife are walking along and, 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 and Jesus just shows up right in the middle of them and, and asks them a question. He just sits down right beside them in church, so to speak, and walks up on the road. You know, I love Jesus. You know, this is kind of comical to me. You know, if you think the Bible is boring, I want to maybe challenge the fact that maybe it's, it's you that's boring. You watch, watch this in the scriptures. This is some pretty funny stuff. The author of life who knows all things, who lays all, who lays bare the intents of every heart, the scripture says, who created Cleopas and Mrs. Cleopas before the foundations of the earth for the express purpose by whom and through whom and for whom all things are created. This Jesus, the word made flesh, full of grace and truth, walks up to Cleopas and says, Hey, what, what are you guys talking about? But like he doesn't know, right? Uh, they stood still, the Bible says, and their faces were downcast. They were sad. Their, their faces were downcast. Sort of, oh. And he's going, it just seems kind of backward to me. You know, he's going toward Emmaus, away from Jerusalem. And that doesn't make sense. He's talking to people who don't seem really that important. That doesn't make sense. He just got up from the dead. If you just get up from the dead, I think I'd want to be around some some happy people, some people who would be really ready to, to celebrate the resurrection. But Cleopas is sad. Sea Dog has this, this downcast look because things didn't go the way he thought they were going to go. Uh, they didn't end up the way he thought they were going. it was going to end up. So their faces were downcast. And all of a sudden, they stopped walking. And the Bible says that they stood still and their faces downcast. They just stopped. And apparently Jesus stops with them. So they're sad, and apparently Jesus enters into their sadness with them. And they start explaining to the one who created life, by the way, how life was supposed to turn out. You know, I just lo- love the scriptures, you know. If you read the Bible like some sort, of, some sort of rule book or magic rule book, you'll never fully understand the extent to which it was meant to speak into your situation and guide your life. Notice how God is not scared to walk right up into the details of your situation. If a bird flies out of the sky, he, he counts it and he puts it on the ledger. And you think he doesn't know about your loneliness, your tears, your heartbreak, especially during these times? You think he's intimidated by your skepticism? God, are you really there? Do you think your broken heart can chase him away? The Bible says a broken and contrite heart he will not despise. The only heart he can't get into is the one that's closed up through pride. But if you open yourself, even with your face downcast, Cleopas said, hey man, are, are you the only one, right, who doesn't know? Are you the only one? Now this is also very ironic. The host of heaven has come to earth. He died and rose again, lived a perfect life. And Sea Dog says, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem? Remember, he made Jerusalem. They're treating the God of the world like some kind of a guest. Like he's just passing through, just visiting, like like he's some kind of a, a guest in this world. He created it. It's so funny how we get it twisted and get it out of order. We start thinking that God needs to kind of consult our blueprint of how our lives need to be built. You know, I can get this way as a pastor. You know what? I can tell God what he needs to do in my church. And God, this is what we need you, do, need you to do. You can get this way as a parent. You know what God needs to do with our children? And Sea Dog launches out, launches out in this long speech telling Jesus what had happened to Jesus. 
It's ironic. God has a sense of humor because he lets him talk. Sea Dog gives him his speech and, and Jesus lets him finish. Are you the only one who doesn't know what happened? The one that it happened to is standing right there. And Cleopas wants to tell him what happened. Ironic. Hilarious, actually. What had happened was Jesus of Nazareth was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. And they are standing before the great I am, and they start with, he was. How weird is that? There he is, and they're stuck in, he was. Pause here. The question as we pause here is, are you missing out on what is because you're stuck in what was? You might want to write that down. If you're a note taker, go ahead and jot that down. If you're not much of a note taker, you might want to write that down. Are you missing what is because you're stuck in what was? We hoped he was the one, but it took a turn for the worse, the scripture says. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. Jesus is nodding. Yeah, tell me about it. Verse 21, we had hoped, but we had hoped. Had I been Jesus, I would have stopped him right there. Because hope that is seen is not hoped at all. No hope at all. If you had hoped and don't hope anymore, what you had wasn't real hope because real hope can hold on even on Friday. I had hoped it would be over by now. I had hoped this pandemic would be done. I had hoped the medicine would, would give me a quick fix on it. I had hoped they'd say yes. I had hoped for so much in the month of March and April. And here it is almost gone already. Two months of my life. I had hoped. Hope is standing in front of hopelessness. Christ and Cleopas. The cross clashed with Sea Dog's expectation, and now his experience has left him downcast. We had hoped that he was the one. I thought I would be farther along by now. I thought that I would have someone to, to if we bring it into today's world, people that have hoped they'd be farther along. They had hoped for some things. They had hoped they maybe would have been married by now. They hoped that, you know, that God would be good to them. They had hoped that people in, in their life, at their job, would be good to them too, pay them back, appreciate them for all they do. I had hoped he was going to redeem me. Cleopas doesn't understand. I had hoped he was going to heal me. Could it be that we miss God because we look for him in the dreams, but he is often found in the disappointment? You see, their faces were downcast. They were sad. Their hopes were dashed. From their standpoint, the story was over. As they're walking on this road, let me give you a, a professional travel tip, and this is, this is free of charge. Don't judge the journey before it's over. Don't judge the journey before it is over. And I don't know who that's for this morning. Don't judge the journey of this seven-mile walk when you haven't even been two miles in yet. See what the end will be. Follow it through. If you trust his promise, you have to trust the path. It might be winding and it might lead to a cross and it might not feel real good and it might be confusing. But remember, he is the God of the detour. We talked about it last week. It might not be spectacular and he might not prove himself to you with all these signs you can see or sense or feel. And there might not be goosebumps that prove his presence. He might show up in the details, in the little things. 
It might be the little ways. He's right there on the road. He's walking with them. They almost can't recognize him because what's happening is so common. He just looks like another guy. He comes up and starts walking. They're standing next to resurrection and they don't realize it and they don't recognize it. He's right there. He is right there. And he's right here with you this morning. He is, he was, and he is to come. And he's with you in this moment. We had hoped he was the one. What is more, Cleopas says, to make matters worse, on verse 21, if you look, he says, it's the third day. And y'all don't know that that's funny. I'm sorry, it's the third day. I'm just kind of a nerdy pastor, right? He says, the third day. The whole time he was on earth, he's been saying, this is going to go badly on Friday, but come Sunday, don't look for me in the tomb they buried me in. I'm getting up out of there, and what they thought was the dead end was really just the beginning. You should look for him in the detours. If you really want to see him in three dimensions, if you really want to see God in his fullness, not this flat little coloring book with Jesus with the lamb on his lap, but the living, living, risen son of God, whose feet under whose feet all things have been placed and who is now seated at the right hand of God. If you really want to see him like that, church, do you really want to experience God in his fullness? Then don't look for him in the dramatic. Look for him in the details. That little thing that God's been doing in your life. You want to really see the Son of God? You want to really see Jesus in His fullness? How many of you want to see Him this morning? Can I get an amen in the comments? Can I get an amen or two for the people that really want to see God work in His fullness despite the pandemic, despite the calamity and the hopelessness that seems to be all over the place? We really want to see God in all of His fullness. I mean with the eyes of your heart to know Him. He can be found in the dead ends, in the detours. When you used to hope and now it's hard to hope, that's where He meets you on your Emmaus Road. You know, I'm really kind of glad archaeologists can't find Emmaus on the modern day map because it means that we each get to have our own Emmaus. I mean, I get to have my own journey. I get to have my own path and I'm not alone on it. Everything about this encounter between Jesus and Sea Dog and his wife seems backward. It just seems like kingdom living and kingdom life is, is completely the opposite of what you think it would be. Jesus spent his whole life telling people, follow me, and now he's following them. He's come down out of heaven, and instead of people making their way to God, now God has come to us. He has reversed the search. You weren't even looking for him, and he was looking for you. You weren't even seeking for him, and he was showing himself to you all along. Sea Dog said, we had hoped he was the one. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning. Well, and remember, remember when we talked a couple weeks ago, they were looking for the wrong thing in the wrong place. The right thing in the wrong place. They went to the tomb early this morning. Wrong place. He's not in the tomb. He's on the road. He's not in religion. He's in relationship. Receive this this morning, church. Because some of you are going to come out of tombs of tradition and really experience the presence of God. If you want to really experience His presence, 
you'll find it on the road. Our women went to the tomb but didn't find his body. They came and told us they had seen a vision of angels who had said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb. This is still sea dog talking. Telling Jesus about Jesus, remember. Still not recognizing what's right beside him. Some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. This is the most ironic verse. Maybe in all of scripture. They said, it says, they did not see Jesus. He's telling Jesus about other people who didn't see Jesus. And he doesn't know this is Jesus. Have you ever realized how easy it is to judge someone else's journey and not even recognize what God is doing on your own journey? Jesus said to them, how foolish you are and slow to believe. See, that's the problem. It starts in the heart. You're slow to believe, Jesus said. You keep trying to make sense of things in your life with your head. You keep trying to figure out the reason for what's happening to you. And when you can't figure out the reason, you just want to jump off the road. You want to stop following. You want to stop trusting when you can't figure it out. But if you would reverse that search and believe in your heart what you have not seen with your eyes and believe the goodness of God, you would get it in here in your heart. If you would just get it in there, the journey doesn't start with making sense. Folks, the journey starts with faith. Have faith in God that he's with me on this road. Cleopas says, did not the Messiah have to suffer these things? Jesus says, did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? You keep wanting to see the glory, but you're only going to see it in the suffering. He's the God of the detour. He's the God of the detail. He's the God of your dead end. And he's brought you to this moment today. Watch this now. Beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them. He took it all the way back to show them that the one the prophets had looked forward to was actually standing right in front of them. He had explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself, the word says. He broke it down on the way, on the road. That's where you learn, on the journey. You don't wait till you understand it all to get started. You grow as you go. You know as you go. You just keep walking, keep walking, keep walking, and you'll understand it better by and by. Give him a chance. Give Jesus a chance to show you who he is. Say, God, you know, I don't get this. I don't understand this fully, God, but I'm going forward. It's a decision. I'm going to go forward with you, God. I don't understand it all. I don't have all the answers. Oh, church, don't we love to have all the answers before we set out on a project or set out on a mission? We like to have all the answers. Where are we going to go? Where are we going to stop? What are we going to do when we get there? Give me, a, give me a plan. Give me an itinerary. But God is saying, you know what? I'm found along the road. You really want to experience me. Experience me along the journey. Can I give you one more thing this morning, church? God didn't save us to leave us as he found us. God didn't create me to stay stuck in one place, one frame of mind, one way of looking at things. Eugene Peterson said in one of his fantastic books, every step is an arrival. Every step. By the time they had arrived, they already arrived. (laughs) 
What was revealed on the road was only recognized in reverse. What was happening to them as they walked only made sense when they came to a spot and they sat down. And then it started to kind of come to light. That same one who got up from the grave, watch what he does next. They approached the village to which which they were going, and they got a lot more than they bargained for along the way, right? They didn't plan for any of this. They didn't wake up on that morning expecting a miracle. They were mourning the loss of what they thought was the answer, and the answer walked right up to them and asked them a brand new question. I love the scriptures. He's there all along in the little things, just the little things. Look at verse 28 again. They approached the village, and Jesus, and Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. The journey starts where you are, but it, it ends. Where it ends depends on you. They got there, and Jesus is like, hey, thanks for the company. I'll, I'll see you later. See you, sea dog. See you, Mrs. Sea dog. I got to go. I've got people to see, things to do, a mission to accomplish. I've only got a few, uh, a few weeks maybe uh, at, at best, and I got to get, get a move on. And Sea Dog says, hey, hold on, Jesus. Verse 29, he says, they urged him strongly. Although we've come to the end of the Emmaus Road, Sea Dog says, I just, I can't let go just yet. It's unnatural. You, you can't leave us now. You can't just leave. You know, we started something here. God, you started something in my life. Stay with me until it's over. Stay with me, God. Hold my hand. Walk with me. Talk with me. I need you, God, every hour. Stay with me. The scripture says, so he went in to stay with them. Remember, they sat down. And he's the same God who sent angels to a tomb. He's the God of the dramatic, but he's also the God of the details. And the Bible says that while he was with, at the table with them, he took bread. He took it. See, he's always taking over, right? I read that. He takes over the conversation, and now he comes and he takes over supper time. He's supposed to be a visitor and he becomes the host. He takes the bread. God wants to take over your life today. Don't you see it? You've been doing it on your own and you don't have to do it alone anymore. They invite him in and he takes over. He takes the bread. He breaks the bread like he was broken and he blesses it. Thank you, Lord. He says grace and breaks the bread. He gave them the bread. (laughs) He had just finished breaking. And the Bible says that when he broke the bread to give it to them, verse 31 says their eyes were opened. He was revealed in the routine of the breaking of the bread that was not revealed all along the road. What did they do in that moment? What did they see at that moment that they had not seen before? When he was saw, when they saw that he was broken, that symbolic breaking of the bread, their eyes were opened. What did they see that they hadn't seen before when he was giving them? Perhaps they saw his scars. Perhaps they saw that he suffered. Do you see it, friends? Sometimes you see him in the broken places more than you see him in the blessed places. Sometimes you have to see it in the scars. The the hands that had held them all along revealed to them when they saw his scars. Their eyes were open, the scripture says, and they recognized him. Their eyes were opened. Open our eyes, Lord. 
Open our eyes. Take a few moments this morning, if you would, right where you are. Whether you're watching this live on Sunday morning or whether you're watching this at a later date, take a moment this morning. Close your eyes. And ironically, ask the Lord, open my eyes, Lord. Ask him what those two along the road asked him. You can ask him, Lord, stay with me. Come with me, Lord. Come on in. We're going on a journey. He's with you every mile on your journey. And sometimes along the way, it's hard to see him until you take a moment and you sit down and you realize that he's with you and that he suffered for you and that he rose again for you. And sometimes we need to suffer a little bit. Paul says, I need to know him in the power of his resurrection and through his sufferings. Jesus knows what it is to suffer. And Jesus will walk along that road with you every step of the way. Friends, I hope you were blessed by this portion of scripture that, that really, really is, is completely ironic and funny and eye-opening. And I hope you'll realize that Jesus is on the road with you. He wants you to invite him in to stay with you. If you'll just give him that open door, he will come in and he will be the Lord of your life. He will take over and he will, he will guide you. He will give you wisdom, discernment. He'll help you figure things out. His spirit will live inside of you. And I pray, friends, that you listening and watching this online would not turn this off being the same as when you turned it on. You know, I often say in the doors, doors of our church, when people come in for service, I pray that, that they would not be the same as when they walked in. That the Spirit of God would somehow get a hold of them or get inside of them. Or maybe they would meet God and accept Jesus Christ as their Savior for the very first time. And walk out of here changed. And I pray the same for you this morning, friend. Listening online, watching online, don't think that the God of the universe can't use this medium to reach you. He can. He wants to walk along the journey with you. You feel a little hopeless sometimes? You feel a little confused? You feel like anxiety wringing your hands? What's going to happen next, God? God, get me out of this. <laughs> I'm right there with you, folks. We feel it sometimes, too. In many ways, pretty intensely. But God wants to journey with you. Would you accept him today? If you want to know more about how you can know Jesus as Savior and have him walk along your road with you, please get in touch with me. You can email us here at the church, office at gsnaz.org. Leave a comment down below so we can see it. Tell, tell me, instant message, however you want. Call me, text me, get a hold of me, however you want to. Get a hold of someone here at the church. Email, like I said. And tell me, I want to know a little bit more, Pastor, about knowing this Jesus you're speaking of. I need that hope. I need that encouragement. I need that wisdom in my life. And he will do it. And I'll be happy to speak with you more about that. I want to just tell you how much I enjoy these online services. It's nothing like meeting together. 
But I love watching the comments and responding to you all and getting to know our online congregation because we have one and you are part of it. And I hope you'll tune in each and every week to hear what God has for you. He has something for you in every message, friends. He has something because it's not my words. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking from the word of God. Those are the words that change lives. Those are the words that can make a difference in your life. Remember all the ways to get a hold of us, Facebook Live, our Facebook uh, page, our email office at gsnaz.org. Remember to be faithful in your giving and help to support uh, this ministry with your finances. And God bless you all. We'll see you all next week. And watch your Facebook page and your email. We have a Wednesday night prayer group that happens on uh, on Facebook Live and on Zoom. And if you'd like to be a part of that, just leave a comment down below. I'll make sure you get the links and get the right information. If you'd like to be part of the Zoom, uh, the Zoom meeting, uh, I encourage you to do that. Just leave me a comment down below that you'd like to be a part of that. I'll get your information from you this week, and we'll make sure you get that, that link. I want to give you a, give you a chance to be a part of that Zoom meeting. It's pretty pretty neat to hear voices united in prayer that way. God bless you all. If you're in need, one more thing before we go. I try and cover all the bases. If you're in need of anything at all during this pandemic, if you can't get out, if you need groceries, supplies, products, you need something where you can't go and get it, please, please, please contact me here at the church. Contact the email, office at gsnaz.org. Get on the website, follow the email links, whatever you need to do to get a hold of us. We want to help meet your need in Jesus' name. Anything you, you need at all, you just reach out and we're here to help. God bless you all and we'll see you all real soon.